0: watching the wild, wacky, and fun Freddy's Nightmares on Screambox uh, last week after it started streaming there. Good job Bloody Disgusting and making that happen. And uh, that got me to thinking about uh, what shows, maybe not so much the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street vein or Scream that we've already seen done with it, but what one-off horror movies would you like to see turned into a show? and uh, their lore, their life expanded a little bit more. Uh, the one that really popped into my head that I would like to know a lot more about that I think has got a lot of possibilities would be Session 9. But I'm interested in hearing what you guys think might work. Thanks. And, by the way, if you're listening and you haven't joined the Patreon yet, you should. It's awesome, and the extra bonus episodes are really fun. Thanks, guys
1: thanks for the call we haven't had a call for a while and i was starting to miss the calls unless elliot suddenly wants to send us (laughs) an email we'd appreciate that too and i'm sure our listeners would enjoy it uh i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna take this question okay i'm gonna start okay maybe because i've been watching so much Freddy's nightmare (laughs) lately and that this question resonated me with or with me a little bit for some reason i immediately started thinking phone footage like, found footage movies would work as a good premise, like, kicking off point. And the first one, I know it's not a one-off, but I thought Grave Encounters. I can
0: like, see that. Because,
1: like, the concept of an abandoned mental institution where horrible things happened would be, like, ripe for that. Like, if it's literally walking down Collingswood, and they're like, all right, and this is patient whatever. Like, you won't believe what happened to get him here. You know, really great writing, just like yeah. that. Um
2: what was the do you remember? There was a found footage horror show. It got canceled. I don't even know if it completed its first season, but it was like the river, or Lost River, or remember. something. It has the guy from uh, the ruins in it. Um, what is his name? It's like Joe something. And it's they're like trying, the
1: main guy, the med school guy,
2: uh, the the blonde guy that.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: that got a bad yes. Yeah. Um, but he's in this show, and it's like going down the Amazon or something, and they're trying to find their his father, I think, and all sorts of weird stuff really? happens. And I remember being really interested in this show and being bummed that it got canceled, which is to yeah. say uh, I would also be very curious to see a, a found footage horror TV
1: show. Yeah, I just feel like found footage in particular they are so limited with what they can do with world building mm-hmm. that it it at, and more often than not they're going to some haunted place they're going to some place where bad things are going to happen that is rife for a potential like history and and everything else and i don't know that's just immediately what i thought and maybe it's maybe it's also a cop-out i was like a hall with a lot of rooms just going a door i don't know something like that
3: <laughs> new episode oh, new ghost it works. exactly i think it works. You, Zena? um I, I have a, a couple came to mind because there's so many movies that I'm just greedy and I want more of and I want them to stretch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, uh, the first one, Nightbreed. Nightbreed would be so um, awesome as a series. But like, it's please, well, it's supposed be. to
2: be,
1: wasn't it? it yeah. yeah. Like,
2: where is it? I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's not that long ago that it might have even come up on an episode. So, I feel like it's like within we, yeah, a year we... old of news, So which means that it's inevitably coming. I hope so,
3: guys. Well, I'm coming for you both. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: because. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the whole point, right? That um, Clive Barker wanted, if I remember, it wasn't as cool. Like he wanted his own Star Wars universe out of it.
3: He, he yeah, definitely I think so. we, a we universe, had a conversation. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And then another one, just because I love this movie, Phantasm. I feel like it would be great to see mm. it as a series. And I guess I'll just give a last one, and I'll go with Final Destination. That could be Please. a good one. Thank you. Oh yeah, so cool. much Final death.
1: A yeah. Weekly,
2: right? weekly
3: episodes, lots of dying. It'll be great.
2: I mean there've been
1: enough final destinations where you could have like two seasons worth just of the deaths that have already Let's occurred. Let's go. <laughs> How about you, Megan? I
2: went with one that I'm kind of surprised that Zina did not say. Uh Dead Silence. There dead are Silence. I knew oh. that you
3: would say that one though.
1: Oh. There you go. Got you. The
3: horror Shit. sisters. This
2: horror Psychic sisters. bond. <laughs>
1: Like Like one for each doll? Yeah,
2: there are so many dolls. They are neglected sitting at home waiting for Mary Shaw. So, you know. That could be like an anthology type series that would work. And then this one I feel like might be a little bit of cheating, but it amuses me because it's a movie (laughs) that came from a TV show. So let's turn it back into a TV show. And that's Demon Night. Yeah, Demon oh. Night. There, there's so many wars and key masters and demons <laughs> that uh, I just, you know, I want to see more of that. Give me more Jerrilyn, more, more her battles. Please. Well,
1: yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Like the just having to defend the key through time and every season it could be like Doctor Who. You're just handing it off to the next one or something like that. Yeah, sure.
2: exactly. Exactly. Was
1: there? Did we read something in the news about? tales from, weren't they trying to reboot it or they were thinking about rebooting it
2: not to my knowledge yeah, i do I know that there was uh tales from the crypt attempts at reboots but the rights for that are so completely oh that's
1: what i'm talking about yeah okay yeah. not
2: demon knight specifically no not Demon knight. just tales yeah. from the crypt yeah yeah that's never gonna like the, happen.
1: the rights are just completely tied it, up yeah i think messy. m night
2: Shyamalan had tried to revive that a few years ago but immediately yeah. hit like red tape and yeah
1: It's such a bummer about old horror properties that either legalities, like a studio is not willing to get like give up the right, even though they're not going to do anything with it. Right. Like we don't want it, but we don't want you to have it either. (laughs) Like that's so. That's such a bummer.
2: It could be the tiniest thing that'll hold it up too.
1: It makes me wonder how many horror movies are out there that we've never seen or never will see because something like that happened. Like they filmed it. And they just put it in a vault.
2: There's that. There's movies that are stuck on VHS because they never got to make the leap over to DVD or Blu ray or whatever. Yeah, there's tons.
1: I mean, Freddy's Nightmare has given us all hope. There you go. (laughs) There's still possibilities speaking of having hope welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and to discuss the disgusting you know her as lead movie critic for bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan hi you know her from her youtube channel and website real queen of horror and her infinite love for the genre zina dixon hey zina hello and i'm john if you're listening to this on a Wednesday, when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So do you know, what has been filling your heart this week.
3: I needed a comfort watch the previous week, so I rewatched The Fourth Floor from 1999 on Tubi. So a woman inherits a rent control apartment and is terrorized by a neighbor. So I first watched this movie after seeing it for years, you know, in the video store. But for some reason, I just w- didn't watch it. And I would always remember the cover. But I watched it like a couple of years ago and fell deeply, madly in love with it. <laughs> I feel like everything is perfect about it. I love the pacing I love the storyline. I love Juliette Lewis. There are so many awesome actors in this movie. So basically, there's this woman named Jane, and she takes over her late aunt's apartment in New York City for only four hundred dollars a month. Oh, uh, four hundred dollars. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a red flag right there. But the yeah, reason why is because her aunt she snuck her on the um, the the lease, and mm. the landlord didn't know. There are ways, you know. Um, I have an aunt that actually did that with her son, and he literally Woo. only pays like three fifty a month. He's <sighs> living it up. Okay, oh my and I'm goodness. very jealous. That's, that's amazing. It is. Very Allegedly
1: jealous. for anyone with haunted. <laughs> 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 <I laughs> nature. <laughs> Allegedly.
3: But, um, but no, it's it, it's actually not a haunted, like supernatural type of thing, though I thought that it was. It really is just a neighbor that is just terrible, that is horrible, like completely making her life hell. Like, he, this mysterious person basically... Gave her rules. He um, he or she left something out, you know, um, right outside her door, a list of rules saying how you cannot have people over after 10 p.m. Your boyfriend can't sleep over. No shoes. And between the hours of 7 p.m. and 9 p.m., you can do this, but after that, you can't. Most people just ignore it, right? And that's exactly what she did. And then she gets punished for it. And there's a lot of weird people who live in the building. So it's like, it could be anyone you know um and for some reason even though she does try to confront this person because it's the person on the fourth floor she's on the fifth floor uh the person never answers the door you know at all and people know of this neighbor and they say oh the person is a hermit so they never come out you know um really cool again like things just turn like really psychotic and i'll just say there's something that really freaked me out that involves bugs and mice no yeah so i'll just leave it right there yeah so it kind of reminded me of uh Polinski's uh the tenant from the 70s in some ways you know um it is a thriller but then at the same time there are some creepy scenes that's in there um and again it, it just really does have like a great atmosphere if you're looking for something that's really easy to watch very straightforward. I recommend checking it out. Plus her lifestyle is pretty cool. You know, she's an interior designer who has like a pretty successful business. Her boyfriend is the weatherman. Okay. And he just bought a house in Westchester. <clears throat> I'm from Westchester guys and Westchester is fancy. So I just love the fact that they mention it in this movie. So that was the first movie I rewatched. I'm not going to lie. Like the week before I probably watched the movie twice. I just can't get enough of it. I think it's Aww. great.
1: Yeah. I'm laughing at out. How- <laughs> I feel like we just started to uncover something, uh, that her boyfriend's the weather man. And that seemed to be a good, that seemed to be not too bad for you.
3: It's pretty cool. You know, because when he's walking around, people recognize him, you know, and they're like, Oh, you're the weather guy. And he's like, he is. So... <laughs> You know, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing and you get to see their relationship. He really wants her to move in um, with him, you know, but she wants to be independent because she's an independent woman. I give up that low rent. Right? No. That's, that's a tough sell. Nope. Anyway. Um, next movie I watched. I watched The Vagrant from 1992 on Tubi. A businessman buys a house, but he has a hard time trying to get rid of its previous tenant, a dirty bum. I did not write this. It was IMDB. And
1: Yeah, we all know how we, I've struggled with that yes. in the past and will yeah. today, too.
3: So I haven't watched this one in a while uh, so, but this movie really made me laugh. It stars Bill Paxton. He plays this guy named Graham Krakowski. That's his name, you know? So this movie just really <laughs> makes fun of itself. There is this yeah. homeless man that just terrorized his whole entire life. I guess I had a theme going on, huh? You did. You know? <laughs> but. Yeah this this homeless man like he is pretty gross looking you know there's something really weird going on with his eyes and his face and like his hands like it's gross anyway He doesn't want to leave the house that Graham bought and like he has books in there. He washes his hands in the sink. He eats his food. Somehow, no matter how many locks, no matter how many alarms he has, he always finds a way into Graham's house, you know, no matter what. And nobody believes him. So there was this one scene that really made me laugh um, where basically Graham was walking home from the grocery store. He sees across the street from his house, there's like an empty lot. And the homeless man, he was just there eating some kind of meat. I don't know if it was like (laughs) a squirrel. We don't know. He was just really chowing down. And (laughs) Graham just cannot take his eyes off of him. So he's like watching him holding his groceries. The homeless guy noticed that he sees him. So then he looks and then Graham drops his groceries and he's trying to pick it up, but he can't pick everything up in time. So he just leaves literally half his groceries on the floor. He runs home to call the police to tell them that he saw a homeless guy staring at him. It's just like, okay, what can they do? <laughs> you know, it's funny. But then um, the, the the serious part is then there's there uh, are some kills in the neighborhood. And so, you know, people don't know who it is. But Graham knows that the homeless guy has something to do with it. But then the homeless guy pins it all on him. Like, so it's funny. He just terrorizes him from the start. And then also the director, he actually did the special effects for like Piranhas Um, Gremlins the Fly, Arachnophobia. It's really cool to see him um, you know, in the directing chair. So yeah, it is a very black comedy silly movie, so please do not go into it thinking that, you know, it's it's serious stuff because it is not.
2: It's got Bill Paxton in it. I feel like you pretty much expect comedy from him for the most part. So yeah. It's hilarious. So that's what I (laughs) watched. Hilarious. It's hilarious. (laughs) I technically watched this last week, but per Zena's request, I'm talking about it this week. Uh, No exit. This dropped on Hulu on Friday, and this also has a slightly uh, erroneous description on IMDb. (laughs) Um, During a blizzard and stranded at an isolated highway rest stop in the mountains, a woman fleeing from rehab to visit her mother uh she discovers a kidnapped child hidden in the car belonging to one of the people inside this has her listed as a college student she is not a college student yeah Hmm. or she might have been prior to rehab but she's literally (laughs) she's at some
1: point she attended college she
2: might have who knows uh the, the movie's more concerned with her breaking uh rehab to go visit her dying mother in the hospital but the blizzard waylays her um and it's, it's. I thought I was going to get into like a paranoid thriller because she's stranded by this blizzard at this rest stop with four other people and she happens to go outside and notice um, the girl in the back of a van and realizes mm-hmm. one of them is the kidnapper. Um, so I thought it was going to really lean into the paranoia, but it doesn't. Uh, it just, it's, it plays it more straightforward. The jig is up kind of early on as to who it is. And then it's just kind of cat and mouse of... You know, trying to figure out how she's going to survive the night, who she should tell, if she should tell anybody. Um, it gets really mean and yeah. pretty intense. I think that the ending does get slightly a little tidy in how it wraps up, but uh, it's a pleasant surprise, and they they wrung a lot of tension out of that. Um, and I loved the lead lady who has some very intense and and violent moments um so yeah yeah i i i feel like i don't know why they kind of dumped this uh on hulu like they did mm-hmm. um but watch it it's good
3: yeah i watched it because of you and did you I like it? it i enjoyed yeah. it i did what a, I, and i could not guess who yeah I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: but i yeah it's pretty it's pretty intense um, yeah i
1: was clicking around hulu which isn't particularly common for me. And I, that was like the first thing that popped up is like as recommended. Ah. And I definitely was thinking that it was going to be more psychological, like paranoia. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm in that headspace right now. So it's good to know.
2: Yeah. It's not really, Um, which is fine because I feel like they could have made it work, but I like that they didn't go that route. They just went more like, let's go intense and suspenseful. Uh, really mm. good cast too. Um it's got the Progressive Insurance guy.
3: And <laughs> Yeah, uh, that
2: is him. <laughs> and Dale Dickey, who's always great.
1: Wait, the guy who plays Mayhem?
3: Uh no no, it's no. the
2: he's got the, the President
1: from 24? No, that's all state.
3: He has this awesome voice. Yeah, the really low
2: voice and Yeah, those... the President oh, from 24. I haven't watched 24. Yeah. I'm oh,
1: I no. really haven't either, but that's like the, that's I feel <laughs> like I feel like anytime they like talk about like the Allstate guy or whatever, they refer to, like I hear him referred to as a president from twenty four. I can't uh oh think of a bunch of other movies he's been in. The
2: more you know. Uh <laughs> and one of the things that I frequently do is pull up the horror apps or just regular streaming apps that have like a TV, you know, where you don't have to really choose. It's like pull up Shutter TV or Pluto TV. Or a bloody disgusting TV. And that way I don't have to really think about what I'm going to watch. It's just what's on. And so I did that. That's my long winded way of saying I did that. And <laughs> I was very shocked that on the 80s Rewind channel, they were playing The Keep. So. Oh my God. Yeah, this is a 1980s 1980... <laughs>
1: I've seen his eyes just rolled up. <laughs>
2: It's so hard
3: to find that movie. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Which is why I was completely shocked that it was on Pluto TV just playing and it is on demand. So if you, you know, weren't at the right time and the right channel, you can pull it up on demand and watch it anytime you want, uh, at least until the rights expire and they no longer have it. So get on that is what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, this is a Michael Mann directed movie that he's all but disowned, uh, which Hmm. is strike one for this being a very hard-to-find watch and why it's not on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. And Tangerine Dreams, uh, a very impeccable, amazing score. The rights for that are also tricky, which is to say that this is a very hard-to-track-down movie. Again, emphasizing that you should jump on it. It's also a very weird movie. It's based on a novel... Uh, Nazis are forced to turn to a Jewish historian for help in battling an ancient demon they have inadvertently freed from its prison. It is set in the 40s. Uh, Nazis are... This place looks like a crazy fortress. And it just gets very fantasy-like. It's it's fantasy horror. And it's got this golem molossar and uh, an ancient force of good who sleeps with the Jewish... Uh, historian's daughter and it's like vampirism and creatures and Nazis <laughs> and it's so weird and so mesmerizing it's like it, you know of course Tangerine Dreams score has a lot to do with that kind of dreamy quality but yeah it's it's very unique it's different and it's hard to find so it's very cool that it's at least temporarily on Pluto TV
1: nice uh And I was wandering around Hulu and decided to watch 1999's Lake Placid because why not? I don't think I've watched it since like 2000 or so. I figured I'd give it another shot. Three people attempt to stop a gigantic crocodile who's terrorizing residents in Black Lake, Maine. This is such a 90s horror movie. Like if someone were to say what's a nineties horror movie like, I'd say it's like Lake Placid mm-hmm. or Anaconda. <laughs> like it's it's uh it's like you you it's a cast of celebrities, more or less varying degrees of popularity, but many very recognizable in one way or another, like depending on where they are in their careers. And very interesting characters, usually caricatures. Of real people and pretty silly dialogue, <laughs> and a big animal
3: and
2: Betty White like that.
1: and Betty White, <laughs> who I think everyone can agree is the best is one of if not the best parts of the movie. And I just watching it, and I and I've completed the uh, Paxton Pullman uh, combo, thankfully this week. <laughs> And it's so, it's so weird. Bridget Fonda, (laughs) the way they shoehorn how to get Bridget Fonda there, like, let's, okay, we're going to have a female lead, but she's got to be broken up with at the start of this movie to get her out there, as opposed to, how about they just ask her to go out there? (laughs) Like, she can just be single, can't she? And it's not like she's necessarily looking for a love interest the whole time. But it's going to
2: happen.
1: But it's going to happen. And then Oliver Platt is so bizarre in this movie. The one thing that I have very much remembered about this movie is how he dances. (laughs) And it is the strange, like, I am not a good dancer. I am terrible. As a matter of fact, I won't dance at all. And I still think I'm a better dancer than Oliver (laughs) Platt because his move is this strange arm crossing thing (laughs) with the woman who's standing. You have to watch it on Hulu. If you haven't seen Lake Placid, just watch it for the dance. It's got to be a gif somewhere or Jeff, or however you pronounce it. But it is so weird. Like I'm like hypnotized by it when I watch it. Like I'm not paying attention to what's happening in the scene. I'm just watching like his hands crossing in and out in front of this woman who's in front of him, who seems like this is totally normal. Like this is a normal dance move. This but guy's I just, just cutting love that you
3: so that you're hypnotized by it. So I am hypnotized.
1: <laughs> it is bizarre and fascinating. Like that was an acting choice. That amazes me. That's an interesting world. And then yeah, and Betty White makes an appearance as a, a not super profane. But she's got it. She's got one really good line <laughs> that I think people would most recognize her for. Um, it's just it's it's nineties campiness. It's pretty formulaic. Uh, surprisingly low body count in a movie that features a giant crocodile, in which you think everyone's going to die in this, aren't they? And it's like <laughs> mm, pretty much no one. <laughs> like like one like two people whose names you don't know, yeah. and that's you know spoilers but it's i don't know there, there's a few lines that just crack me up like i have the strange feeling that everything's gonna be okay like why would anybody say that in the moment that that line <laughs> yeah. is said Like, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense in a horror movie <laughs> yeah so it, but there's oh man the 90s must have been a wild time in hollywood uh but like but it's it's bizarre and and funny and cheesy and just pure campiness and if that's what you're in the mood for lake placid on hulu is gonna treat you right because it's the polar opposite of the other movie i watched 2021's antlers on hbo not any of the things i just said in an isolated oregon town a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother become embroiled with her enigmatic student whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with an ancestral creature hmm I remember so much hype for this because there was pushback and the trailer was amazing. It isn't um wasn't um um oh why can't I think of his name? Uh Hellboy, Shape of Water, uh
2: You're talking about Doug Jones or No, 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 the director. The director. Oh, Guillermo del Toro? Um,
1: Gu- Guillermo del Toro. I kept wanting to say Benicio del Toro, but the it's very different. I just dude. Watched Sicario. <laughs> very different. Uh I thought was is it wasn't he involved somehow? Would yeah, he, he produce he's, it he's a or producer. the creature effects? Okay. And that might have been part of it, like the whole thing about like big name as a producer, and all of a sudden people think it's like the, like Jordan Peele produced. It's like, oh Jordan Peele's Candyman. Yeah, it's not. No, no. That's <laughs> not what it is. Uh and I just remember, and you know, Jesse I really like Jesse Plemons. and like the whole cast, Frank Graham Green. I'll watch anything. Graham Green's in and i totally understand what i what i think is the most common criticism of this of it doesn't quite know what it is yeah like it's kind of combining two genres that can work together it's it has to be delicately done
2: it is it, and it's almost like i it could read as doesn't know what it is, but I, there's also a lot, a lot of it that's almost like he's afraid for it to be a horror movie.
1: Kind of, yeah. I What I was thinking of, and now I automatically can't remember the name of the movie. It was the movie about the drug addicts and the Seven Gates ritual that I watched a few months ago and unfortunately, like, the, the co-main... Like died of an overdose like before the premiere. Oh yeah! Like the fact that it was basically a movie about addiction, and then within it, there was this urban legend, creepy pasta. Yeah, but it was really about addiction, and that's kind of what I felt like. Antlers is like Antlers was trying to be
2: a, a serious, more drama. of a character
1: study, yeah. serious drama. Yeah, but but went pretty far the other way into horror, like it, with as big as the creature effects ended up being
2: yeah but like, for me like they i feel withhold like hold that for so long
1: they do and then they go big yeah they do go so big. i think that's what's causing the disconnect if it was more subtle if it was like more shadowy more stuff you just didn't see more uh it, like implication of what's going on versus like actual like when you start to see these transformations and things like that happening I think that that's what's causing the the disparity yeah, in people's minds.
2: Not balanced but well.
1: Exactly, because it is it does deal with some very heavy topics in within the movie itself, but it it doesn't really get a chance to like dig into them mm-hmm. because it's also essentially a horror movie that's digging into Native American lore um, which I recently found out that you're not even supposed to like talk about wendigos like native americans like they're like like that's i did a story about yeah i did a story about a wendigo and i had someone reach out to me and said don't do that like what do you mean and i guess like you're not supposed to say it you're not supposed to talk about it like it's depending i think it's for algonquins it's like no don't do that like don't use this as like your thing um but yeah like i'm conflicted because i do really like it. But I did feel that disconnect almost like uh like an uncanny valley. Yeah. Is the best way I can describe it. Like watching the Beowulf or or Polar Express stop or motion capture and being like, why do I feel weird <laughs> watching this? Like there's just this little it's not quite the thing that I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. But i do really love some of the creature effects and i do really love some of the characterizations and the cinematography and they're great performances it just felt like it's not it was like, meshing
2: ah, yeah i definitely wanted quite... more of the creature stuff from the third act same yeah
1: e- either i wanted more creature stuff or less yeah. but the amount that we got i think caused that rift between well what is this Like, they could have pulled back a ton more, given us shadows, given... Because there's also plenty of parts where you don't really see the creature during some significant parts. Yeah. So they could have just kept with that and not gone the full
2: way. It's like there's a progression to it. It doesn't go from this to this. There's a progression. Mm -hmm. And all of that, like you're saying, is not really on screen. So we go from dour, somber character study focusing on heavy themes to, bam, action horror. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it goes, like, aggressively action horror in the third act.
3: I'm wondering, though, too, um, just because of, you know, how it ended, if we'll get, like, a sequel. I mean, I don't know. I wonder if that
1: was the intention or if they were just doing the thing that movies like to do and leave it with the potential to be a sequel maybe without intention i would
2: feel that because it's also thematically tied to you know cycles of abuse and and addiction and whatnot so i feel like that's Mm -hmm. probably more of a thematic thing that just plays into horror conventions Mm -hmm. um because i'm not sure you know that this probably would have had a bigger audience had it not been for that severe delay
1: yeah, because of the pandemic. Oh, sure. And being released during COVID basically when theaters weren't really open, And a right? lot
2: of movies that got waylaid for so long, I think, yeah. you know, we, we had teasers and by the time it finally comes out after those years of teasers, you're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if the audience is there to warrant or the numbers, I should say, is there to warrant a sequel. You never know, though. You never know. But I kind of feel like this was a a one and done based on, you know, what the messaging is of this movie.
1: I think so too. And and Carrie Russell's fantastic in it too. I think, yeah, it's just, and I do like it. I like, I like the setting for horror movies. I I like the concept of this isn't a good place. Like this is a hard place to be a hard place to live. A teacher trying to make any connection whatsoever with kids who, you know, have, you know meth cooking or meth addicted parents etc the my only my only hard qualm and maybe this is just my naivete is i don't know why meth cooks would use flares that seems like a poor choice i thought that had
3: something to do with the cave situation yeah the i think
1: one of them has a flashlight i just feel like lighting a flare around a bunch of meth I don't know that that's smart.
2: Yeah, I I think that this movie has a lot cooks. of kind of issues that are disjointed.
1: My theory is, is they like the flare effect. I a mean, fl- it, it, flare it, fla- the
2: red imagery is always great in horror.
1: Oh, absolutely, because you only get those those shadows cast of what's going on. You don't really quite get the idea. It's But it's like, oh, all right, I, hey, don't know a lot about meth, so I, that's just... <laughs> sorry i'll try harder
2: (laughs) you study up on math you report back next week
1: (laughs) oh college is long past (laughs) uh okay what do we watch and how do we watch it
3: i checked out the fourth floor on tubi and the vagrant on tubi as well i watched uh no
2: exit on hulu and the keep on pluto tv
1: And I watched Lake Placid on Hulu and Antlers on HBO. And to clarify, I did like Antlers. It was more just I had to kinda talk my way through it with some people just because of a feeling. Yeah. It is it is a recommend for me. Check I think people should check it out. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan?
2: Video game adaptations are all of the rage, <laughs> and Twisted Metal is the latest video games coming to life, this time on the small screen. Uh, Peacock has officially ordered the live-action project to series. The television series is currently in the works from Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions, being described as a comedic half-hour live-action adaptation. I think that that's an inspired choice to turn this like vehicular brawler with a satanic clown thing into a comedy. Uh, even better news: uh, the original take for the live-action series comedy or live-action series comes courtesy of Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the duo behind *Zombieland* and the *Deadpool* movies. Uh, Anthony Mackie stars as John Doe, a smart-ass milkman who talks as fast as he drives. With no memory of his past, John gets a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make his wish of finding community come true, but only if he can survive the onslaught of savage vehicular combat. Mackie will also executive produce the upcoming series. So, yeah, I think that that is very interesting. Uh, Michael Jonathan Smith, who's behind Cobra Kai, is on board to write and showrun the Twisted Metal series. And Will Arnett will executive produce as well. So, interesting. Yeah, you take this, you know, Twisted Metal isn't necessarily a horror video game. It just kind of dabbles in, in the horror arena. But I, I think it's funny when you're like, we're going to mix it up and, and do an unexpected genre choice here. So, yeah. Uh, And news that's specifically for me, because I'm obsessed with (laughs) The Haunted Mansion. uh, We already know that a new Haunted Mansion movie is in the works over at Disney. But what I didn't expect is that they're going to release it in theaters next March, uh, March 10, 2023. I kind of expected that Disney would put this straight on Disney+. Plus. But they're not. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, Justin Simeon, uh, behind Bad Hair and Dear White People, is directing the new live-action adaptation of the popular long-running Disney theme park that's home to 999 haunts. The known Mm. ensemble cast includes uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, and Danny DeVito. The dark ride attraction, which launched in 1969 and is still going strong at the Disney parks, sees theme theme park guests go through uh, a spooky and creepy manner with all sorts of supernatural frights, quote unquote frights, because it's Disney. Um, And the film follows a mother and her son who come across a mansion that is more than it seems while being orbited by various characters key to undressing the spooky mystery. Uh, DeVito will play a smug professor, which definitely sounds like a DeVito type role. (laughs) and in more kind of comedic horror news uh, What We Do in the Shadows fourth season is coming soon it's been four months since What We Do in the Shadows wrapped up its third season Uh, so the good news is that FX had already ordered up a Season 4 before Season 3 even finished, but Season 4 has already been filmed. Co-creator Jermaine Clement tweeted a response to a fan question this week, or I guess last week, that Season 4 of What We Do in the Shadows has been shot and it's on its way very soon. No word yet on What uh, We Do in the Shadows Season 4 will premiere, But, obviously, it's probably coming this fall is my guess. And also in TV news, Don Mancini took to Twitter also to reveal that season two of Chucky will air sometime this year. Probably around October, though he didn't specify. It's just this really cool art of Chucky 2 2022. So, yeah, two horror comedy TV series, uh new seasons coming soon i have
1: so much what we do in the shadows to catch up on it is such a fun season one
2: i can't think of the super bowl anymore without this show because it's the super superb owl
1: the superb (laughs) owl i saw that yeah so
2: and then uh scream finally slashed its way onto digital as by the time this episode airs so it's all
1: finally yeah
2: drops tuesday (laughs) Um, And it will be loaded with special features. So to celebrate, Bloody Disgusting is hosting an official Twitter watch party this Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern with Radio Silence. That is the two directors and executive producer, uh, Chad Vieja. Uh, so if you don't know how to participate, just queue up your rental or your purchase of Scream uh, and hit play right at the start time and follow along and tag your tweets with hashtag Scream Watch Party to join the fun. And I can tell you, because also by the time that this uh, episode drops... Scream will be out, and so will my spoiler-heavy piece of Deep Cuts. I talked to the director. I talked to Radio Silence, period, about some major Deep Cuts, and that doesn't even cover. They have pages and pages and pages of Easter eggs. So you can expect that they will be bringing all sorts of good behind-the-scenes and intel on Thursday. So, yeah.
3: Nice.
1: Well, I won't be on Twitter, but I'm fairly certain I will rent it this weekend or next weekend or some other time. I just couldn't make it to the theaters for this one but I am looking forward to it. I'm very glad it's that it doesn't take very long to get to digital these days. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. Uh are you going to be on Twitter but not watch Scream just to like show me that you know you can and make me feel bad for not writing down something smarter right now? <laughs> Do you really like video game movies? <laughs> That's the best I could come up with. <laughs> let's hear about it <laughs> number is 224-475-1040 the number is also in the show notes or feel free to email us bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com Finally, zina is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching so zina what should we be watching
3: bloody disgusting tv or Screambox is available for you to check out so that's <laughs> like the first thing and of course scream will be available of course. the first one and on- twitter <laughs> oh my T- gosh no, don't happy watch march. don't watch twitter yeah don't watch Twitter. don't
1: watch twitter you don't need that
3: <laughs> except <laughs> for a watch party there you go yeah but happy march by the way because it's the last mm. day of february gosh this whole month just blew by
1: uh, for as long as january was yeah february <laughs> was gone in a blink
3: Jeez. okay so also coming our way on tuesday the first demonic it'll be available on dvd so this one is a horror sci-fi and it follows a young woman who unleashes a terrifying demon and there's like supernatural forces that's in it. Um, I recommend checking out this movie. I'll just leave it at that. Sometimes with some synopsis, I feel like they give um a little bit too much, you know, when it comes to 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 certain movies.
1: Who's the one. director of this one?
3: Um, Neil Blomkamp. I have camp? no idea.
1: Is oh, this was the Neil oh, okay. Blomkamp. Okay.
3: Thank you, Megan. So then, think, is that right? Yeah, I think, I this think it is. Obama, okay, because yeah. we we spoke about it a couple of couple of months ago when it was available on VOD, but it also yeah. did have a couple of delays. Oh, okay. Because well. I'm
2: like, I feel like it should have been out on DVD already, right? Okay. Yeah,
3: there That's was a wild. couple of delays with that. Okay. So then we also have um, we have another supernatural horror, and it's called Suicide Forest Village, and it'll be available on VOD. So this one is inspired by the real forests in Japan, um, where people. Okay, you would
1: you know? Forest, yes.
3: Yes, thank you. Look at him dropping the name.
2: Oh, John, I'm fancy <laughs> Look now. Look at John
1: knowing things. You sometimes. don't stop
2: in things. I'm so proud of you.
1: <laughs> what a weird thing for John to know. No, he, he it's won't great. learn
2: about no meth and flaring, but he will <laughs> learn about some suicide forests.
1: True.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> And then also Thanks, coming, <laughs> Also coming our way on the first, uh, we have the British horror thriller Beneath the Surface. It'll be available on VOD plus DVD after surviving a shark attack in which her father and sister died. See what I mean? <laughs> He's synopsis. <laughs> Lexi's life becomes a living nightmare. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to stop reading the, the stuff. Okay. Then also coming out on Thursday the 3rd, we have The Scary 61st. It will be coming to Shudder. And this one is definitely not for everyone. It is very wild. It's about these two roommates who they find this apartment that seems a little bit too good to be true. So because it has like this really dark secret.
1: $400 and rent control.
3: I wish I was still moving and then it out to <laughs> people to get some moolah. Yeah. Okay, and then we have on Friday the 4th, fresh, it'll be coming to Hulu. The horrors of modern dating are seen through the eyes of a young woman who's battling to survive her boyfriend's unusual appetite. Ooh. I watched Love
1: is Blind Season 2. I've already seen the horrors of dating. <laughs> you know, what?
3: I was actually going to watch that, but I got so exhausted when, you know how um, Netflix plays that little clip or something? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: this guy called this woman by the wrong name. I was like, oh, no. Uh huh. yeah.
1: That, yeah. My wife told me about that one. I caught, like, every other episode, and even that was a lot for me.
3: <laughs> and then, um, just, uh, this one is not so new, but I I want to start, like, recommending some other movies uh, for people, just in case if you haven't seen it. But there is this French erotic horror. It's called Trouble Every Day. It's mm. will be on, it's on Shudder, um, and i recommend that with this one do not read the synopsis do not watch a trailer just watch it do not um, pass go just 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 watch it exactly and it's like i guess i'll just say this it's about these um a couple that goes on a honeymoon uh to paris <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's all you get that's it that's it you that's know all you get. The, it's a very strong experience for them and then just in case if you missed it studio 666 it is available in theaters uh the food fighters are making a killer album and it's only did, in theaters right now did you watch that mm. this weekend John? i didn't get a chance oh you're not talking to me because i'm not special I, no well, he he had talked about so much his wife he did he did
2: okay fighters, yeah, no,
1: so. i'm sure we'll do a VOD on that oh, okay. one
3: but okay. zeta did not either no, I didn't. I wanted to. I was going to go, but I don't know. People are back at the theaters, and um, the theater that, that's near me, people do not wear masks. So mm. be safe. Yeah, be safe. Be safe.
1: And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name or at lovelyXena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod or drop us an email at BedisgustingPodcast at com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash Pod. So for this week, I'm John.
3: I'm not John. I'm Megan. <laughs> I'm not Megan. I'm Xena. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Grab some popcorn and cozy up on the couch watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs>